Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Oh, I love opening an episode. Actually, not. It's the, my least favorite thing because I never know how to open. Um, so, okay, last week's episode, um, I shared, obviously, on my Instagram account and on the podcast that I was dating the Tinder swindler or am I, I was alluding to the fact that I could possibly, allegedly, that I am dating the Tinder swindler, not the actual Tinder Tinder swindler. Now, if you are like, Danny, what the fuck are you talking about? There is the show you have, well, not show, it's actually uh, a docu, it's not even documentary, it's like a film documentary, whatever. It's on Netflix, it's called the Tinder swindler. Honestly, I think it dropped a year ago and everyone was talking about it. I I honestly, okay, so there's there's so many opinions about pe- the, the girls that are, that were basically, um, you know, in the situation. I, and one of them was Dutch. And she was actually the baddie in this whole... I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I think most of you have seen it. This guy, holy crap. He he just was a con artist. And this is the thing. That's why I'm saying I might allegedly, supposedly be dating the Tinder swindler. Because I won't go into detail, but um, uh, this person has... Uh, burn, burn. Well, has burned a lot of bridges and left their own lives or their their past lives, and created a new life here in the south of France. Now, just in general, with meeting new people and dating, and not even in in dating, just meeting new people. Technically, you can bullshit your way throughout your entire life. I'm sure so many of you, not so many, but maybe a few of you, have made yourself look way more presentable and way more confident at a job interview, for instance, than you were actually currently are, right? We we all do that. We all have this alter ego that comes out when we have to perform. And technically dating is kind of, especially in the beginning, it's almost kind of like this dance and this performance of getting to know each other, peacocking a bit, And yes, of course, you're going to glamorize certain stories. And in my case, since I have such a turbulent history, I'm very upfront and very honest with everything. Just that's just me. I I, I have no filter. It's 
like I said before, it sometimes gets me into trouble. But then again, it's just me, and I'm not going to change that ever because I know that I would I would start having having to fake everything, and and that's just not me. But I did definitely sugarcoat a few things, and I thought, oh my god, he could be doing the same exact thing, but then even worse. Um, you know, what if certain things aren't true? And I I have a few friends who, when I tell them stories about the guys I date, they will say, oh, sure. And they roll their eyes. Oh, sure. He's doing that. Oh, sure. He's saying that they don't believe any of it. And I, I, I have a little bit of an issue with that because if you're like, you know, I, and I'm, I'm sure that so many, especially women after seeing the Tinder swindler, well, maybe guys as well, actually, uh, and everything in between, once they seen the docu series or the docu film, it's actually not a series; it's a film. They probably thought, "Oh my God, now I'm afraid because I could be swindled." You know, I this could have happened to me. But I think if you just listen to your gut feeling, yes, of course, it can happen to anyone. We can all be played by someone. It and it has ha- unfortunately it has happened to us, right? We've all had people in our lives, unfortunately, who are just acting as if they're a different person while in reality they're a shitty piece of shit that's 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 nice of me to say a shitty piece of shit you know it is what it is so yeah that's the thing um i the the, you, you know what the highlight of my week was the fact that i first of all i currently whilst you're listening to this I might be on a beach drinking a pina colada or an Aperol spritz or something else. I might be so... I don't even know where I am because I'm currently on a break whilst you're listening to this. So it's a little bit pre-recorded, not really, but also kind of really. Um, So I, I can't give you any updates and also I kind of trying to keep my dating life a little secret slash separate because again... Some people hate it or some people don't like hearing it and other people love it. So anyway, but it's just like life stuff, you know, it's it's just interesting to me that some people are so themselves and I usually can see right through those people who are bullshitting their way through life. And of course, sometimes my mom is, for instance, she's very easily to swindle. She's very naive uh she's always been like that she actually took me to appointments uh business appointments business so hello business appointments when i was a teenager because she was getting ripped off left and right and i always said to her mom he he or she is not a good person and she said how do you know danny i said well i just i don't know i just can see that they're acting how can you not see that and she says i honestly can't so i think it's a beautiful trait because naivety naivety i never know how to say it it's actually a very beautiful trait because you see the world with rose-colored glasses but then again you know it's nice to see through people's bullshit so i think that's one of my strengths anyway That's not really the topic what we're going to talk about today because what the topic of today is I couldn't have done it. Um, Well, yes and no. So here, okay. So 
I'm going to talk about, as you can see from the title, about the recovery toolbox. And I'm, I'm basically saying to all the clients that I've been working with for the past year, years that they have to do a few things in order to let their sympathetic nervous system, aka their fight or flight, go to their parasympathetic nervous system, aka going to rest and digest for the longest time. And you have to rewire old neural pathways, obviously, by redirecting certain very harmful behaviors. So a recovery toolbox is extremely necessary. The funny thing, or it's not even funny because it was sad, when I like again, my own personal story is so different from most people because I was in a do or die situation with the pain. I couldn't really do much. However, I have always been super creative, really, really creative. And I've lo always loved, and I'm sure you've men heard me mentioning this before in, I don't know, a video post, a podcast, a live, whatever. I love beading or making custom jewelry. I would always go to these vintage shops or vintage markets uh, or uh, garage sales, then buy a bunch of, you know, uh, secondhand, very cheap, ugly jewelry, but they had nice beads and I would make my own. I actually have a pearl necklace, uh, not a necklace, but yeah, also a necklace, but a pearl bracelet on. And everyone always asked me, where did you get it? I have it on, I think, for a full year now it, with an elastic band. It's super simple. It's actually very simple. And I made it myself, you know, so I still do this. I love it. I have these Swarovski, you know, the, the stones. This is literally, honestly, with a, with a, an Invisalign, you just, there's no point in saying this word. It's, it's, I can't, it's too much of a tongue twister. Um, but I love, for instance, um, putting crystals on anything, bedazzling stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm basic like that. I'm just, I'm really a basic bitch. But you know what? I'm claiming it. I'm, it's fine. You know, for instance, like a candle holder. How cute is it to bedazzle that with crystals or with stones? And you can buy so many things from Amazon or from, well, actually Amazon or AliExpress or whatever, but there's so many uh, for the DutchiesBull.com, I think is a good one. But like I said, I used to go to these markets or, um, I mean, due to COVID, we couldn't really do that. But now again, markets are back, back in action. But let's go to the specific recovery toolbox, because even though I didn't do some of them during my own recovery, I uh, did them when I was recovered just to keep myself in check and they really helped me. So, you know, the thing is you can't change anything about your thoughts whilst they're happening, but you can't or can change something about your behavior and that behavior will change your thought inevitably, you know, so that's kind of like almost cognitive behavioral therapy. So the thing is, is that a few things are very, very, very important. So the breathing methods, some people might think and listen to this and think, okay, well, that's all fun and games, but I hate anything that has to do with meditation and breathing exercises. Well, I was one of you or one of them. I hated it. Um, when the word mindfulness would come up, I would run away. I, I just, I had this... 
I anything that that made me feel like oh this is woo woo or this is just I don't know it's not me I'm not doing it I was very 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 stern with that now it's the breathing exercises then we go again to uh, it's kind of like nervous system switching if you want to go from your fight or flight aka like I said your sympathetic nervous system to your parasympathetic nervous system, you have to use your breath as a tool. That's the only way how you're going to get there. And it's one of the easiest accessible things because your breath is always with you. You can do it anywhere. You can do it sitting, you can do it standing, you can do it laying down, you can do it listening to music, you can do it on the toilet, you can do it anywhere. So that's something I've done so many times whilst I was in my own recovery journey. So I use the 478 method, but sometimes I use the 444 method. So you just breathe in for four seconds. So breathe in, hold for seven seconds, and breathe out for eight seconds. Or like I said, you can do the 444. And I would recommend doing that a minimum of three times. So doing three rounds. And I kid you not, even to this day when I do it, I think, why don't I do this more often? It's so freaking helpful. Even when I am in bed and my my brain is just going all over the place, I'm such an overthinker and I can be, uh, I'm, I'm a bit bad sleeper just overall. And I always think, okay, Denny, I remind myself doing do the breathing exercise it always relaxes me it not, not necessarily puts me down to sleep immediately but it definitely does work overthinking everything and uh and especially the more you do it the more you train yourself the easier it gets so especially during and around meal times i would use the four um seven eight method in combination with the five second rule now the five second rule is something that i um I, I didn't coin it, but I did apply it to recovery. So Mel Robbins is actually the founder or the creator of the five second rule. So research has shown that everything that we postpone um, longer than five seconds. So let's say even if it's taking a shower or getting out of bed or, you know, uh, going in cold water, you know, the whole Wim Hof method, all, all of that, the longer we postpone it, we're basically not going to do it. So that's why the five second rule is so freaking helpful. And so what I used to do, the combination of the both of them was really helpful. I would do five, four, three, two, one. So always count back. Don't do one, five, one, two, three, four, five. No, five, four, three, two, one, because it's like a, uh, almost a stopwatch, right? Or um, a timer. So five, four, three, two, one, go. And then, so for instance, to give you an example, I would, let's say I was sitting on the couch and thinking about a brownie. I had a brownie. Uh, I actually remember this. I made a brownie once, just like this very easy, ready to bake brownie thing uh, mix and I had a brownie pan just put all the things in there milk I think I had to add and maybe an egg I don't even remember because I hate baking but I put it in the oven it was done and it, I was in the fridge because you know again I was I was scared so I used the five second rule five four three two one I went to the kitchen I grabbed myself a piece sat down with the with the um, uh, with the brownie then again my you know, my fight or flight 
was starting to happening. My my brainstem was acting again. My my eating disorder was yelling at me. So I took a few deep breaths and then I was eating it. So that was very helpful. And even after it, I did it a couple of times. So this is also very, you know, it's just a very helpful tool. And if it's, I've never actually heard that it doesn't work for anyone because everyone who has done it says it works fantastic. It's just, honestly, it's been proven that, you know, the nervous system switching is one of the most crucial tools in recovery because most often we are just operating from our uh, sympathetic nervous system. So yeah, I would really, really try that one. So one of the things that Tabitha also has in her book, which I did, and I st- I'm still doing that also with my clients, it's the um, detect, reject, and redirect. So the DTR method. So the detecting is basically being aware of your thoughts and of your behavior. So it's mostly the intrusive thoughts that are coming up. So let's say you have the urge to move or to restrict or whatever. So that's where the awareness comes in. So rejecting is basically you starting to embrace it instead of fighting against it. Because usually when you're fighting against it, your eating disorder loves to put up a good fight and loves a good negotiation and loves a good discussion. So it actually only aggravates the whole nervous system and it aggravates your your sympathetic nervous system. So you're only going to get more stress. So don't do that. Just embrace it. And um, redirecting is basically doing the opposite of what your eating disorder wants. And and by doing that, you're weakening that neural pathway by doing the opposite. I don't know what's going on. My phone is going mental. I hope you can't hear it. But anyway. All right. So that is a very, very important one. So the detecting, rejecting, and redirecting. So awareness embrace it instead of fighting against it and then doing the opposite. So opposite actions. And the more you do it again, opposite actions constantly, that's literally the definition of neural rewiring, AKA meaning that some things become just neutral at at a certain point. The more you do the opposite, the, the easier it gets. So urge serving is also one of those things that she talks about, which was one of those things that I did as well. And it's, it's not as complicated as it sounds. It's actually just riding the wave of having an urge to do something instead of acting upon that urge. So let's say, again, you have an act or an, an urge to migrate or an urge to compensate or to, I don't know, purge, whatever it is. You have to serve that wave. You have to ride that wave. You have to feel the feels and that all this also ties into the breathing method again. So it all, it actually all has a ripple effect on each other, and it all has, it's kind of very all intertwined. And I would use it all together, almost like as one whole holistic tool. Um, so don't just see them as one specific, one basically specific thing. I would come like use all of them, and then just see whatever works for you the best, and. Honestly, all the distractions you can have, I mean, that would be great. If you can find certain 
distractions, which for instance, you can do with your hands. Like I said, I loved beading and I still to this day, um, drawing, uh, making any, I don't know, mood boards, writing, um, playing video games and anything that has nothing to do with migrating also, uh, migra- for some some people still are confused. What is migrating? Migrating is literally, it's, it means that the migration response is that whenever a body is in a famine, uh, it wants to migrate because it wants to search for food. Migrating literally means moving, also known as exercising. So it's not as like complicated as it sounds. It is just exercising, basically. So. I would look at all the distractions that you can find and, you know, I can say, okay, I love beading and some people hate it. So if you love drawing um, or putting pen to paper or reading or watching a series, now most people don't have a lot of, uh, have a very small attention span when it comes to reading or watching uh, a show because they're usually, you know, they're thinking about food now I actually think this is a great thing because you can you can combine both of them you can eat whilst reading or you can eat whilst watching a Netflix series or just TV just in general so you're killing two birds in one stone because your eating sort of doesn't love that and you're doing something actively to distract yourself so yeah that's honestly the best thing ever now Another thing is the eating and forgetting, you know, staying in the present, don't count your calories, don't count everything, don't add everything up, you know, food is food, it's all in the moment, it's not like, oh my god, I've already eaten this in the morning and now I'm eating this in the evening, no, you have to train yourself to eat and forget. I'm thinking about, do we have anything else? I mean, if meditation is something you really like doing, um, I know some of my... um, clients love doing uh, yoga nidra which is a very very it's honestly yoga laying down on a mat it's not um, standing or anything it's basically also very focused on the breath it's a lot of breath work and if you love that if you love doing anything like that or meditation in general I've never been really great at meditating, honestly. That's why I really think the the breathing method is so helpful because it's pretty pragmatic. It's short. It doesn't take too much time and you can do it a lot of times. And I even did it in restaurants when I just, you know, took a quick trip to the bathroom um, or to the toilet and closed myself in in the toilet, took a few deep breaths, let it out again. And I was getting just more relaxed or I would even do it at the table because a lot of people don't even see it. And if they do see it, whatever it is, what it is, you can even say I'm really stressed and I'm going to take a few deep breaths, like breathe in, hold for seven seconds and breathe out again or do the 444 method. So and then actively do it. So five second rule in combination with the 478 method or the 444 method is a really good one. And yeah, I think that's all that I have for today. Um, And, you know, the thing with an eating disorder, there's a lot of spam going on in your brain. It's just a lot of noise, basically. And if you're constantly listening to that noise, you know, it's very hard to, yeah, to recover. Honestly, you have to constantly do the opposite. So if you have some tools that can help you, I mean, why don't use them? I would say.
All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I see you here next week. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Thanke. See you here next week.